Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Steve Jones Show, back on News Radio 1070 WKOK at stevejonesshow.com. And don't forget our podcast. Catch up on any show you miss live. We have them on our podcast page at stevejonesshow.com and available on both the Apple Podcast app and Google Play. And if you listen to us on Apple through iTunes, don't hesitate to leave us a review. You can also leave us an email. Steve Jones at WKOK.com. We've got social media covered too. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. And our toll free is 1 800 795 9565. Steve Jones on his way into the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, and the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sean Carey here with you with Steve. Be with you live till 5, then we'll have the late-day news roundup. Chris Elio at the Anchor Desk this afternoon. And then for a bit tonight, we'll have CBS Sports Radio and then Phillies Baseball here on WKOK as the Fightins look to bounce back after their 7-4 loss last night at San Diego. We'll be on with On Deck tonight, 9.35. First pitch from San Diego at 10.10. Phillies will turn to Mark Leiter Jr. tonight in the middle of the uh, three-game series. Leiter's three most recent outings have come in relief. His last two appearances, not too bad. Against the Mets last Thursday, Leiter Jr., uh, he allowed a run and four hits over five innings, striking out seven, walking none. And then back last week on the fifth against Colorado, no runs and two hits on in four and one-third innings, striking out nine and walking none. So Leiter Jr. looking pretty good. Rookie right-hander, he's making his fourth start of his career. He split the last two decisions he received when starting previously. His last start for Philadelphia was back on the 4th of July, worked five and a third innings in a loss against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, speaking of the Pirates, tonight they're going to be matching up against someone who's pretty familiar to the Buckos, Neil Walker. He's still getting used to his new surroundings after he was traded over the weekend from the Mets to the Milwaukee Brewers. So Walker will be going up against his old team tonight in Miller Park. Walker spent the first eight seasons of his career with Pittsburgh, who come to Milwaukee for a quick two-game set against the Brew Crew, making this late-season deal all the more interesting for the 31-year-old infielder. Walker said after his debut Sunday, 
in Milwaukee. He says it'll be fun. It's always fun. Obviously, I still live in the Pittsburgh area, so there are some torn people at this point in Pittsburgh. But the Walker family all on board with Milwaukee. Brewers acquired Walker with the hopes of shoring up a major lack of production at second base. The Brewers had a National League worst 672 OPS at the time of the deal. So Pittsburgh and Milwaukee will be tonight. Football note to share with you. The Philadelphia Eagles have released running back Ryan Matthews after he was medically cleared to practice. The release happened earlier today. Matthews suffered a herniated disc in his neck last season during a Week 16 matchup against the Giants. Eagles released a statement today. We want to thank Ryan for his contributions over the past two seasons. Had a productive conversation with Ryan about his future and the direction of our team going forward. First and foremost, we're glad Ryan is healthy. He's been cleared to return to football activities, but given the current state of our running back position, we feel it's best for both sides to go in a different direction. We wish him all the best as he continues his career. So that gives the Eagles $4 million in cap release. Of course, you know, Eagles signed LeGarrette Blunt to a one-year, one-and-a-quarter million-dollar year during the offseason to serve as the lead back. Eagles will be back in action Thursday night. It'll be their first home game of the preseason against Buffalo. Airtime will be at 6, kickoff with Maryland Mike. That's Thursday night on Eagle 107 at 107.3. So when the 2017 NFL season kicks off in September, CBS will feature five new broadcast crews, including the new lead announcing team of Jim Nance, uh, Jim Nance Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson. And that trio will work the marquee games every Sunday. They will also call the Thursday night games that will be on CBS and simulcast at the same time on NFL Network. So uh, CBS has also added play-by-play announcer Beth Mowens, longtime play-by-play announcer for ESPN, football and basketball, and softball and volleyball. Moens becomes the first woman to ever call play-by-play for the network's NFL games. She will be teaming up with former NFL kicker and new game analyst Jay Feely. Mm-hmm. They'll be calling the Browns-Colts game on September the 24th. Also uh, making their debuts on CBS TV, former Bill star James Lofton, a longtime NFL radio analyst on Westwood One, mm-hmm. yep. and he will work alongside Andrew Catalan. So looks like uh, I'm happy. I'm very happy for Beth, by the way. Yes, she is very solid. Because yeah, from time to time, we've seen her uh, call some uh, Penn State games over the years. Well, actually, actually, when before she ever went to the network, WPSU Channel Three, or back then WPSX, carried Lady Line basketball. Now, select games here and there, like a five game package every year. This is pre Big Ten Network. Well, Beth was our play-by-play announcer. So she came in all the time, and I got to know her then. Uh, and she did a great job, and uh, I'm thrilled for her. Of course, for longtime Penn State women's volleyball fans, you'd always hear Beth every season. A lot of volleyball yeah. matchups on ESPN. Uh, getting back mm-hmm. to CBS real quick, Tony Romo, you'll first catch him in the booth August 25th. That'll be a CBS, a CBS TV game between... Uh, uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, and the Hawks mm-hmm. play on the twenty fifth. Yeah, very nice. In case you need your Tony Romo fix before the regular season starts. 
No, the most important athletic endeavor of the entire summer is coming up on Sunday. So. It is the match to the death. Mr. Ham and myself. Ah, that's right. The day before. Yes. The day before the Duquesne appearance. That's right. Yes. Um, Where you have that phrase actually, that Mr. Ham actually, says over and over, we got to beat these guys. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> we'll go to the first tee. Because what we do is we play match play. And so we play who wins the front nine, who wins the back nine, who wins overall. Now, admittedly, last year, Jack and I won all three. So will the two of you be paired up again this weekend? I believe we are. And then Mike McGinley and and Ron Moeller uh, on the other side. Now, I don't know. Last year, Mike Wagner can't make it this year, so Mike McGinley's going to be in his spot. And Mole Man can play. In fact, he is really the sensei of our golf games. Uh, Ron, I feel like I have a hitch in my swing, and Ron can pick it out right away. So this will be the uh, the death match. And, of course, there's nothing like standing on the first tee and your playing partner, who's also your broadcast partner, leans over to you and says, Look, we can't lose to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pair up with Hammer again, get a little winning streak going, you know? Well, he, last year... I mean, look, he won it for us last year. I, I a couple holes early, I kept us in, and then I, and then on the back nine, I remember you know, I said, there. I remember there was a hole on the back nine, nine where, yeah, some there was some little. Oh, concern he went back. Up. He went back to back birdies, like and just uh, and then because we were behind in the back, he went back to back birdies, tied it, and then I won the eighteenth hole or something like some some crazy thing like that. But he's the you know, I I did. I did enough. <laughs> he did a lot more than I did. I did enough. Yeah, but if you're going to choose a hole you're going to win on the back nine, it might as well be 18. Right, which is fine. Uh, so, uh, but yes, that that is the single most important athletic match right, going on. I mean, other people may be locked in a motel room, getting ready for their to to make their their comeback debut. You know, doing a high school game maybe with Shikalimi on Friday night. <laughs> right? Hey, you're in, you're you're as modest and as humble as they come, but this is the one time of year where you put the no fear sticker on your window. Yeah. <laughs> 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 slap that on the slap that on the back of your Ford. Go west, young man, and bring back a win. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh. What that thing last year? I started out well and I finished well, and I stunk in the middle. <laughs> I was not good in the middle. I was like, "Oh man, I can't believe this." Uh, I, I was playing so well all summer. I'm like, ah, "I got to a good start. I hit a big shot in the second hole, won the hole." We're like, "Hey, great, okay, good." Uh, and also then, then for about mm, I'd say nine holes, the wheels came off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all, so so all rounds lead up to this weekend. So. Compared to last summer, in terms of you being out on the course, well, just out playing, well, I mean, have you been out more or less compared to last summer or about the same? Same. same. About the same. Same. 
And the, the problem is, I wonder if I spent my best round last night. Oh, that's right. You told me you're going to head out after practice. How'd you do? Uh, you squeeze right. nine in or eighteen? Good for you. I opened up on one by hooking to the right. Mm. Badly. I'm in the driving range. <laughs> <laughs> I double bogeyed that. I got a six. I went to the second hole, and I hit it left. <laughs> Captain over in compensation here. And I got another six. All right. Another double bogey. Now I'm 12. The next 16 holes, I shot 67. Very I well. Went, I went birdie, bogey, par, 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 birdie, par, par. Then I then I had I think how many in a row? One, two, three, four bogeys in a row. Then I parred out the last two. Right. Okay, there's no way I can play this way. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just I'm t I don't I just you know. It's like I am standing out there and I'm I'm on the I'm on the seventeenth hole. It's a dog leg left. And I'm standing there and I'm looking at the hole. All right, well I'm only seventy eight yards out and you just need to hit a hit a lob wedge. Boom. I plop it ten feet to the right, and I'm thinking, why can't I do that Sunday? <laughs> so, <laughs> were you, why, why so were you on blue or white last night? I played the white last night. Okay, so when was the last time you were on the white course and you had that rough of a start after two holes? Um, trying to think how many years ago. Mm. Years. So when you went to the third hole, or when you when you're teeing it up on the third hole, was there? thought cross your mind, oh, maybe I should go back to practice. <laughs> or was practice over by then? Oh, no, practice was over. Okay. No, no, no. They, no, there's no class this week, so they finished a little earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what was my thought process? My thought process was... Keep motoring. The, no, this really stinks. You better... <laughs> right. uh, uh, seriously, and I, uh, when I got to the third hole, my thought was... Look, it was a it's a par five. I thought, look, you need to birdie this hole to get yourself back on track. So I hit a drive down the left hand side, big. I hit a four iron uh, right to within twenty yards of the hole. Chipped up ten feet to the right, dropped the puck, got a birdie, moved on. Now, admittedly, the tee yesterday because of ground under repair was moved up. It made it easier. One of the guys in the parking lot said to me, he says, yeah, three was a joke, huh? He says, yeah, yeah, I was laughing all the way to a birdie. All right, yeah. <laughs> but this is the death match of the season. This is it. Okay? The Hammer and I cannot foul ball this. Mm -mm. Right? Because the next day, Moeller has to introduce us at the Duquesne Club. Ooh. If we If we lose... Right, we will be we will be skewered. Can't have that. Yeah, yeah, you got to follow up the mole man. No, he's introducing us. I know you'll have to follow. You'll have to follow that up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And now I did give him a couple of hints as to what to say about it. He says I want to go back and forth. He's telling me this morning. All right, and I said, uh, he says I'm going to mention Jackson in. Something like eight different halls of fame. I said, "Well, I said if we can go back and forth." I said, "He's in eight different halls of fame." And he said, "Then go to me and said he's in none." 
<laughs> right, all right. And then I said, then I said, I want you to go back to Jack and say he's won four Super Bowls, and then you can go back to me and said he's watched all fifty-one of them. <laughs> so, the two of these gentlemen combined are in eight halls of fames. <laughs> that's right. Four that's exactly championships. Right. <laughs> so I said, look, I said, Ron, have fun with it. I said, I don't care. I don't care if it, <laughs> you know, if it makes me look well. I said, who cares? I said, I've got direct deposit. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I always love so I, a good friend of mine, Ron Lynch. Now, he's got to introduce me on Friday night. Right, I just, and Ron says, "Well, what do you want me to say?" And I said, "Here he is." <laughs> I mean, really, I always love when they sit there and they do all like I was at Erie last week, and of course, yeah, it's the first time I've ever been there. So they, look, they're trying to do a really good job. I got that. You're trying to do a really good job, so they really like like give like what your bio is out there. I'm just standing like, well, let's go here, right? So they list like, I don't know, dozen things, right? And I got up there, and the first thing I said, wow, I said, I wish I was that guy. All right, we'll take a break. Neil Kulong on the show today. We're going to talk about the Steelers. Um, you know, it looks like Josh Dobbs has beaten out Ben Roethlisberger just in one one preseason game. It's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> you don't seem convinced. Hmm. You don't seem convinced. No. <laughs> okay. Now my brother sent me an email. Oh, can I sign? And I signed the email. Uh. Friend of Sean Carey, Steve Jones. <laughs> that's, how signed, that's how I signed it to my brother. Right? And, and, he, and he said something back. He says, Wow, I can't believe it. I said, Can I get an autograph? <laughs> and I said, and I, I texted one, uh, one word back, personalized. <laughs> and he said, He said, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> That's exactly right, Bob Barker. Uh, the uh, now he's going to come in for the Indiana game on the thirtieth. Now you have been to the Sunbury Motor Studio many times. Mm-hmm. Now, have you seen the picture on the wall of Kevin and me? At Beaver Stadium in 1965. I did see that, yes. All right, we're holding the Penn State pennant. Yeah. Rip Engels, the coach. We'd come out to visit my father's uncle, living here at the time. And so he said to me, he says, oh, that picture's so cool. He said, we should recreate it. I said, we'll do it that weekend. So we're going to recreate the picture that weekend. Then and now. Now, see, that would, you know, See, that's worth, now, to me, that's worth a tweet. That is. I, Absolutely. Now, it would be rejected by many, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, with your iPhone, just make sure you screen grab your photo there in the studio. Get me the new one, and we'll do a before. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do a uh, before and after. We'll post it on the Facebook and on the Twitter. Absolutely. We'll yeah, really? We'll, I mean, yep. I'm, seriously, it'll break all sorts we'll of break Facebook the records. You oh, bet. yeah, absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, you know, it's, who are these idiots? <laughs> <laughs> 
but it would be 52 years later. How about that? 52 years later. So we're going to do that. Can't wait till he gets in town. Perfect. Oh, yeah. He'll be in for the third. He's going to come in for the Indiana game. So... All right, we need to take a break. We're brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I mean, if you want, we could talk about Russian collusion. I mean, we just thought we'd just have fun talking about this, but this seemed to be the right thing to do on this show. Um, where's Lawrence when you need him? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So Saturday, Shikalemi and Lewistown are going to scrimmage against each other, huh? Is that what you're telling me, uh, Sean? Shikalemi Lewisburg, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shikalemi Lewisburg. Right. And Greg Wetzel stopped by today. Greg wanted to say hi. And Greg is an awesome guy, does great work. It's one thing about Lewisburg and Shikalemi. We at least know that there's going to be one member of the Sunbury Broadcasting <laughs> Broadcast family at the scrimmage. <laughs> one will call the other and say, hey, what'd you find out? <laughs> That's if he remembered. Right. <laughs> yeah, another weekend off. Ah. <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder which one's going to be there. Uh, do you have a guess? Do you have a guess at all which one of the two might be there, Sean? I, I vote Greg. All right. This day in sports history, 1970. Patricia Polinkas became the first woman to play in a pro football game. She held the ball for the Orlando Panthers in the Continental Football League. 1984, Pete Rose returned to become the player and manager of the Cincinnati Reds. He'd been away for six years with the Phillies and the Expos. 1990, Mark McGuire, Grand Slam, 10th inning to become the first Major League player to hit 30 or more home runs in his first four seasons. 1993, career win 324 and the final victory of the great Nolan Ryan. Rangers beat the Indians 4-1. 1997, the Dodgers retired Tommy Lasorda's number two. So Lewisburg and Schickelman are going to scrimmage on Saturday, and we know there's only going to be one <laughs> member of the Sunbury Broadcasting family at the game. Greg Wetzel, Justin Michaels, they'll be back again. Back again, they'll be their second season calling the Green Dragons game. So well, actually, Justin, Justin might, there, might be there. Coach sure. Hort might be there. I would say three-quarters will be there. <laughs> By the way, Lewisburg's first game of the season, they'll be taking on Hughesville. I bring that up because that's going to be a 730. Ooh. That's a 730 kick on Friday yeah. the 25th. So a little, little heads up on the time. Most people automatically just assume all the games are at 7. seven. Yeah. Right. Uh, 730 will be Lewisburg, Hughesville at Christie. Uh, next Friday, the 25th, 100.9. The Valley will have that. Yeah, beginning at uh, 7 o'clock. Pre-game at 7. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Just everything pushed yep. back a half hour. 
And Shikalimi will open. They'll be at 7, 6.30 the airtime on WKOK. Shikalimi's got Montoursville for their first game. Sealands Grove will open at 7, but their pregame's at 6 at Eagle 107. It'll be Sealands Grove at Milton at Alumni Field for the uh, opener for both teams. Of course, we'll have Milton on WMLP with Steve Williams. Steve Williams? Yeah. Ah, boy, I tell you, boy, great guys that just always show up, don't they? (laughs) Count on them. Pat O'Brien, Ryan Brandt. Don't need a time card for them. No. We we already know they're going to be there. Then there are some that take time off and then forget they're supposed to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking Wednesday off, too. Did you hear that? I know. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> I thought, yeah, we were going to we were going to plan on having the high school football roundtable next Thursday, but we got a Phillies game next Thursday. Okay, we'll bump it up to Wednesday. And I brought that up to Kevin the suit, and it's like, oh, I'm off on Wednesday. (laughs) Well, guess what? Do you you, you own a phone? (laughs) I can tell you, we're not taping it. (laughs) Okay? I'm I'm not coming in earlier to accommodate your schedule, okay, since you're on vacation. (laughs) Thank you for for, uh, clearing that up for me, because I did bring that up as a suggestion. No. (laughs) You have a phone, you can call in. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Why should I do that to accommodate his schedule? When we're moving, like we're trying to promote his game. (laughs) Don't do that. Uh, I'm on vacation. I can't talk. All right, let's bring in Neil Kulong. Neil, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here, and that song definitely gets me uh, gets me in the mood. Yeah. I'm I, rocking and jiving over here. Really, no surprise whatsoever to this veteran campaigner. All right, so, <laughs> Neil, uh, Josh Dobbs, what did you think? Um, you know, he, he made some really nice throws, and there were a couple of them. It was just like, wow, what was that? I mean, I, I think that that's going to kind of be uh, the, the story that we're going to get from him um, this preseason. He, he still uh, still has a lot of mechanical issues. I think he looked better than what I remember seeing in that uh, in Tennessee. He's a lot more patient, I think, than, than he was then. Um, but he, you saw a lot of the athleticism. He moves around the pocket really well, and, and he, he delivers a nice ball. Um, I, I thought he made a, a few really good throws that, that you have to be kind of excited about. But yeah, it, it's uh, you know it, he's got a ways yet. He's going to need a lot more snaps, and I, I get the feeling uh, that they're going to use him almost exclusively the rest of the way. Uh, I'll bring this up. Was there any thought process considering Ben's occasionally been banged up and? Colin Kaepernick's out there that he'd be an option. Was that ever even remotely a thought? Um, I, I doubt it. Um, it largely because uh, the, the Steelers have, have traditionally, at least under Kevin Colbert, have wanted to invest in a, a you know a long term backup. They they draft. Uh, you know, the, the mid-round quarterback with the idea in mind, we want to develop a backup quarterback so we have some continuity within the quarterback's room. We know what we're, we're getting uh, each and every year. It used to be Charlie Batch. It was uh, Byron Leftwich. Um, way back in the day, you had, um, I, I forget his name off the top of my head, the kid from Boston College that followed Arian. Oh, around. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wore number two. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Yeah. 
But, it, you know, they, they'd like to have a backup who's been there for a couple of years. That isn't to say that you run into issues like uh, they did back in 2015. Uh, they signed another controversial quarterback. Mike Vick came in largely because they had a, a pretty desperate need. Uh, Bruce Gradkowski was kind of uh, trying to, to audition for that long-term backup. Injuries kind of kept getting in his way. And uh, by the time Vick was done, Jones had, had kind of shown that he's going to be the backup uh, for at least, you know, another uh, a year after this one. At least that's what they signed him for. Uh, I think Dobbs is, is moving toward that per- that point. Um, and in that, they're not going to bring in uh, a, a street free agent to be the backup unless an emergency crops up. And that isn't to say that that couldn't happen. Um, I don't think they would rule it out. Uh, I, I think they would need the situation to present itself, though. And in which case, you know, in Kaepernick, I, I guess, as long as any, you know, along with anybody else, would be a better option than, uh, you know, it, what they're going to get. It, it's obviously not going to be easy to replace Ben Roethlisberger. So, you know, I, I would say uh, they, they'd put their cards on the table if that was you and I both know that there are certain teams that have absolutely no need for Colin Kaepernick. None. I mean, because they, they're already set with their quarterback spots. So they, they have to be off the table. Do you think he's being blackballed? You know, it, it's uh, it, it, it's hard to see if that is the case. Um, it, just thinking about it, it does seem you know kind of interesting that he wouldn't get anything at this point. But... At the same time, and it, I might be, you know, holding on to, to, you know, idealism above anything else. At the same time, I don't know if the right option has necessarily presented itself yet, and I don't necessarily think um, Kaepernick should accept a, a season-long backup job. Those are the ones that are signed first. That's why Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, he has a job right now. It's to back up Jameis Winston. He's not there to win games. He's there to help prepare the starter because that's what a backup does. Kaepernick might not want to do that. He might say, I, you know, I'm worth a lot more than this. I know that I'm worth more than this. When a starting job opens up, then we'll talk. Uh, one does in Miami. Um, can you really fault the Dolphins for signing Jay Cutler no. considering two years ago he did really well with Adam Gates? Right. Um, there, there is... It seems to me that there are logical reasons why a team would not have signed Kaepernick when the opportunities have come up. Now, certainly it's not the NFL's responsibility to make sure that Colin Kaepernick has a job, but I guarantee you the situation would change if you had a, a starter go down. And that typically right. tends to happen at some point in the preseason. Somebody's going to get hurt. Um, if that happens again and it's a situation where he obviously fits, I, I would say there, there's probably something amiss. I, right. For me, I'm not quite at that point yet. But I definitely see why some people are, and I, I can't argue with a lot of it. It does seem like a, a player of his ability uh, should have a job. I'm just not sure the right opportunity has come up yet. He's kind of in flux between backup and starter. You're not really sure where he fits just yet. Um, you know, in, in the long, you know, like a three-year plan of a team, um, is he the guy that they're going to go with? I could see why they wouldn't. So um, it, it's tough. <laughs> and here's the other part that we don't know. How much money is he asking for? He might be asking yeah, he, for a number that he feels is commensurate with being a starter, and they're not. You know, they either don't have the cap space, or it just doesn't fit what they want to do financially. We don't know that. It's just something to throw out there. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll choose my words carefully because I don't think. Uh, Colin Kaepernick speaking out publicly about this is going to help anything. But the right. fact is, he hasn't. Um, it, there, there have been people that have spoken with him that say that he's in shape, he wants to play. Right. Those are the kinds of things that you expect because, you know, you're not going to tell anybody no. Jay Cutler didn't tell him no. Why? Because right. they threw $10 million at him. Right. Um, he, he, Kaepernick is not going to just jump on the first thing that he can get. And that's why everyone that, that freaked out about Baltimore not signing him, oh, you go out and sign an Arena League quarterback, it's because they don't need him to be anything more than that. They cut him four days later and signed 
find another one. They're not. Colin Kaepernick doesn't need to come in to, to throw uh, passes to you know maybe fringe practice squad level guys. That's not what he's going to do. He's under contract to you know to, to last the season and compete for a starting job. That's the opportunity he's waiting for, and you can't blame him for that. You also can't blame Baltimore for for not wanting to bring in Kaepernick if they're set with their backup and they just need a third stringer to, to run reps. You know, it, those are the opportunities that kind of come up now. Um, it's when, you know, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. That's when you kind of look at, at a guy like Kaepernick. And I could see why they didn't sign him in that particular case. If Cutler said no, maybe that's different. I don't know. He, he had an issue with um, uh, Armando Salguero down there last year. He asked questions about uh, Fidel Castro, and uh, Kaepernick's responses weren't exactly good. So no. uh, there might be an issue in the city of Miami with that. And you know, if that's the case, you know, can you call that blackballing or can you just say that? No. This is somebody that, you know, kind of offended our, our core audience here. You know, is, is the price of winning that steep, and is Kaepernick that good? Well, I, well all right, let's, let's get, I'll, I'll give everybody, when it comes to Cutler, I'll give everybody a simplified example. Uh, if I'm going to sit there and I want to talk about the Steelers on the show, how many times have you been on the show, Neil? I mean, really. I mean, and so there's a real trust that when you and I talk, we're going to get as much information as possible, and it's going to be a pretty good conversation. Now, you may dispute that, but it's going to be a pretty good, you know, a pretty good conversation. You would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good conversation between the two of us. Right. And, and, and so because of that trust, that's why Gay signed Cutler, because you go with somebody that you know and you trust. Yeah, to me that that's exactly it. And there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I've, I've gotten into arguments with people. It's like, if, if it's not Cutler, then I can understand more of what you're saying. But the fact is, he just played with him two years ago. So right. Cutler played 16, not even 16, he played like 11 games outside of Adam Gates. Gates is in a really, really bad position. With, with the, you know, look at the alternative. If you want to compare it, look at what the Vikings had to do last year when their starter went down. Right. You know, fortunately, Jay Cutler was available for Gates. Otherwise, they might have to trade half their future to, to you know, pull in a, a reasonable quarterback. Now we'll, we'll see what we get with with Cutler. You know, I, he wasn't in shape. I'm not sure how much you know endurance you need to necessarily play quarterback the way that he plays the position. But it, we'll, we'll find out what happens with him. But Cutler wasn't a great quarterback. Cutler wasn't, a, I don't think, a, a great leader, but you know, pinch, he can throw the ball, he understands what the coach wants him to do. That's what they're signing. It's right. not, you know, people make too much out of they didn't sign Kaepernick. It's more they signed a guy that they're familiar with, that they know that can run this offense this deep into the, the preseason and give them an opportunity to, uh, you know, justify, uh, you know, fighting for a, a return trip to the playoffs while they have to have their quarterback get surgery so you know he can come back as early as possible next season. That, that was what they were facing. And so to me, it, it, that was the right move. That, that, that to me, right. makes the most sense. And who already knows his coach's terminology? Who, yep. if, if you throw him in a whiteboard the first two days, already pretty much knows what the book is. So, I mean, that's, I mean you know, that's why they did it. All right. Uh, anybody uh, in preseason one that you looked at, that bears even uh, closer inspection in two and three coming up. I, I saw it, um, you know, and I, I've, I've probably not spoken as highly about him as I, I should have, uh, the, you know, the, over the last couple months. But uh, I thought T.J. Watt did well. Yes. You know, granted, I'm not looking at the statistics per se. I mean, those, you know, Tomlin even said it at halftime. Those are the two easiest sacks he's ever going to get. <laughs> um, I'm not exactly sure what the Giants' offensive line was doing, but um, it was a mistake by the quarterback and a missed blocking assignment. He, he took advantage of that, but overall, I thought he played well. He, he looked a lot more uh, comfortable than I remember watching him in college. He, he looked like he was. You 
you know, very familiar with everything that's going on. And with that, I'm not surprised that Tomlin said that, that you know, as of now, he's going to be the starter. I think they drafted him to do that mm-hmm. um, if he was going to be ready, simply so they could keep uh, Harrison rested. That's really what they want. If Harrison can kind of take over um, rested on rushing downs, it makes it a lot harder for teams to run the ball against them. And if they have a young athletic option that can get after the quarterback that's learning how to use his hands, learning how to get off the ball, that's going to make them a better football team. That, that's what they want. It, you know, Harrison's going to give them uh, per snap uh, a lot more production than Watt will, but they can't run Harrison into the ground. That, that's never worked out well for them. A lot of the second half collapses have come just through the fact that they had no depth in their front seven and guys were just gassed you could tell so they're, they're looking to, to you know get past that I think Watt really gave them confidence um, in, in you know the hope that they could do that early on this season I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does in a more you know kind of equal ground environment I, it, you know, the Giants screwed up a few times that <laughs> he benefited from but again he, he looked good overall I'd like to see him do it again yeah that's another you know I mean Eli Manning didn't play and was glad he didn't <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's a reason. You know, Eli wouldn't have run straight into the sack the way that, that Geno Smith did. Talk about uh, talk about old times. I mean, that, that was uh, that was his patented Geno. It's, 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 he has no pocket presence at all. He just ran right into him, and Watt just you know kind of leaned forward and down he went because Watt's twice the size. So it's Michael. You know, celebrate. Good for you for being there, Michael Strahan, <laughs> Brett Favre. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That was about the effort of that sack. Uh, Neil, always a pleasure. Appreciate it very much, my friend. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong, USA Today. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Four city blocks of new Fords. Over 40,000 trucks sold. SMC is where you want to be. At Sunbury Motors, you can choose from over 100 new Ford trucks with discounts as high as $13,500. 2017 Ford F-150s are priced as low as $24,419. They want one of sold every 43 seconds. There goes another one. Choose from over 60 new 2017 Ford Escapes, and they start at just $19,880. Lease a 2017 Ford C-Max Energy for only $16. Sixty-nine a month with zero down. This amazing vehicle gets up to ninety-five mpg. Plus, get zero percent financing for up to seventy-two months on two thousand seventeen Ford Fusions, Escapes, Edges, and Explorers. SMC is where you want to be in August for the largest selection and massive discounts on new Fords. Sunbury Motors in the Fourth Street Auto Plaza, proudly serving the Susquehanna Valley and all of Central PA for over a century. The exact energy mixes for thirty-six months with zero down. Tax and tax included. Ten thousand five hundred miles per year. See dealer for details. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Major League Baseball is doing one of the truly great things I've ever seen in the decades I have followed the game, and that's the game in Williamsport coming up on Sunday night. I just think that whomever came up with the idea to do this and incorporate it around the Little League World Series, that person's not being paid enough. They did the game last year with Fort Bragg, which was great. The Marlins and the Braves, terrific. You know, our military women and men serving with an opportunity, I think it was 12,000-seat stadium that they built specifically for the game. I thought that was terrific. But now to do this around Little League. You know, the Major League players, they played Little League. They played it. Came through the ranks. 
guy like Todd Frazier ended up winning the Little League World Series as a hitter and a pitcher with Times River back in, what, I want to say 98. Now they're going to do this with the Cardinals and the Pirates on Sunday night. The entire country gets to see it. Again, it puts Williamsport. It's going to put Williamsport in a great light. But I just think the idea is marvelous. And I think the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL had to be envious that this kind of idea has come up and it directly connects with youth. It's going to be a great setting. Great setting. Williamsport deserves this. We're your home for news, sports, weather, and your home for the Phillies. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.